Well, here we are. What do they, what do they call it in film? They call it a strike. Sink. Slap. Slate. Think uh, a strike. A slate. 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 That's what it is. I knew okay. it was a, 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 a strike. Strike is baseball. Well, Play ball. <laughs> Play ball. Back soon. We gotta we gotta talk about the Mets. Talk about closer. But we'll do it later. Is it closer? Closer, right? <laughs> closer. <laughs> Go Mets. Go well, Mets. Talk about Mario Rivera. This movie. Honestly, called closer. <laughs> it should be it should be called closer. Everyone was closing well, the whole time. What is the Kira Sedgwick show? Is that the the closer? That's the closer. Yes. She a cop the closer. She's a cop. Is she ever the, getting? Cl- it's closer? not the closer. The I don't know. Is she a medium in that, or is that medium? No, that's medium. She's a closer. That's just the show media. Oh, but what is she closing? Be closing. A cop? I don't know. I think mm. she works in sales. How could she mm. not be a cop in that? That sounds like. A cop Isn't show. she the one who comes in? A they're like, we we show. can't break the guy, and then she comes in and plays bad. <laughs> she closes comp. it. She closes the negotiation. <laughs> she gets the, really the, close, and she gets can... really close, and they say, "Good try, Kira. Come back next week." And they keep inviting her back, and she never does her job. Let's just go. Okay. <laughs> who is Jude Why is every movie I have seen? He's in everything. Forgive my compromised sense of humor. I did want to answer our host question. Jude Law is, he's, he's one of our finest actors. Who is Jude Law? Why is he in every movie? We know it. We love it. Hello and welcome to Law School, a podcast about the filmography of Jude Law. I'm Fran Hoffner. I'm Caroline Simons. And it's me, Sander. But why is this night different from all other nights? Oh. Why is this night different from all other nights? Happy belated Passover. We have a guest on the show. We have a guest on the show. You know her from Who Weekly. She's the first to send us any new Daily Mail photos of Jude. It's Lindsay Weber. And I am Jewish. Yes, it's true. They were wondering. <laughs> That's why we let you on. Yes, It'd yes. be crazy if you like confirmed that on our podcast it's true the rumors are true everyone's been wondering i can confirm finally i am jewish big for our pod the big scoop for our pod huge for me we had to invite Lindsay here we had to call in the big guns because we got quite a film we got quite a picture this we got week. quite a film so we often talk about jude law's 2004 in which he was in six different pictures and it is because he was in so many movies that we uh we have to sort of treat them as this big monolith, and this is sort of what inspired the Chris Rock monologue. But one of these films, one of the most mystifying films of the early aughts, is Closer. I'm going to keep saying Closer now. This has <laughs> fucked me up so bad. Um, Closer, which is a baffling movie of, uh, based on a play, and I thought, who's a theater head? Who's going who's gonna to get this shit and be able to tell me why I should care about any of these four people, including Jude Law? Um, and it's Lindsay mean. for a year now has been like, you got to let me talk about closer. I just, what can I say? I just love plays, but I also just feel like this, everyone's really, uh, operating at a peak moment for me. I just love a, a movie that is clearly a play. We have a lot of them and this one really wants you to know, Hey, I am a play and I would be better on stage, but you're going to get this. They stacked it with actors to make sure everyone showed up for a play. Yeah. 
on camera. I also want to mention that Lindsay did bring the book with oh, her, yeah. the book of the play. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to drive home the point that this is, in fact, a play as if we didn't, you know, see it already because everyone is in a room having a <laughs> confrontation every different scene. This is a this is a wild ride. I had a great time. Apparently, so it was going to be Kate Blanchett was going to be Julia Roberts' role. She was ready, mm. but then she got pregnant. That makes sense. You know. Mm. Can't be pregnant and closer. So they brought in Julia, and Julia was, like, not really a serious. She didn't really, she hadn't played a role like this, which is why I think she's so good in this. She's so good in this to me. And she, that's what I think the movie, that's why it was such mm-hmm. a big it made any money at all versus making no money because it literally, again, is for people yelling at each other, you know, and having cyber sex for two hours or whatever. Julia Roberts rocks in this movie. Rocks. Clive Owen rocks in this movie. Is he? Is that? Is that what a simp is? Is Clive is? Owen is he a simp? Simp. simp? No, Jude Law is. No, no, no. Clive Owen in this. Oh, Jude Law is. I don't. What? I don't. I don't really know what <laughs> simp is. You don't have to explain it here. I just was curious. I mean, simp is like you debase yourself for another person. Everyone ends up alone, which is, I think, the point. So everyone kind of gets fucked over. <laughs> is everyone simp? All this simp. is sort everyone of is simp. Four, four, four simps in London Town. Is that when I watched this for the first the time last year? I was like, I would love. A, a Joe Swanberg version of this, and then I was like, "Oh, this basically is the plot of Drinking Buddies." Yes, slash everything he's ever made. So <laughs> uh, we already have it, and I don't like it. There's also a lot of sus- suspended belief in this, which I think they know, because I think in a play you can get you can get away with a lot more like shit that happens by coincidence. But this movie is like everything happens kind of by coincidence and you're like okay we get it it's a play but I just it's not they didn't really try and write anything that felt believable for how these people would come into contact which I'm kind of obsessed with like they're not even trying in terms of suspension of belief too I love how every single scene the twist is like (laughs) they reveal that they've just (laughs) fucked like this and it's like not a surprise by the end they're like just coming home from work I'm like who'd she fuck and then it comes out and it's like always delivered as a bombshell always received as a bombshell but i'm like right and it's always like where with who when how did you do it what was it like what did it taste like it's literally every line is a version of that this is a police procedural in my (laughs) opinion like they get down to brass tacks they get down to semantics they get down to details of what went on if i had been allowed to see this in 2004 it probably would have taught me 95% of what I need to know about sex. I literally was saying they should let teenagers watch this for that reason. I should have watched this when I was a teenager. Like, it teaches lessons. That's why I feel like it's weird this movie is disrespected, but then there's all these lines from this movie that I hear everywhere. Like, there's half... Isn't there, like, a... um, that band with that guy? Don't they have an entire song that's based off the Natalie Portman line or whatever? Yeah, this is like Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco song. I just can't imagine Panic at the Disco like sitting around at like band movie night and watching this movie. You know what I mean? Wait, what? What lines have made it into these songs? Lying's the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes Um, off is like the title of a Panic at the Disco or Fallout Boy song. That one's Panic at the Disco, but then the line, uh, he tastes like you only sweeter is in a Fallout Boy song. Which is chaotic. Yes. That is the Julia Roberts. And I'm sorry. I just could learned anyone, about the Rushmore Fall Out Boy thing. Could anyway. anyone 
fucking get away with that line, but Julia, I just, I'm like in awe the whole time I'm watching her. I'm like, how, no one else could pull off saying shit like that. She is so good in this and it's not an easy person to play and yes. not easy lines to say with a straight All, face. The whole time I'm like, none of this is easy to do with a no, straight totally. face. So in my head, I'm like, I'm not judging them on like realistic, <laughs> I'm like, Who's just really plowing through this material? And they all commit. They commit to yeah. what's going on. I yeah. mean, let's be let's be clear about what's going on. We have two we have two couples. We have Dan and Alice. That's Jude Law and Natalie Portman. And then we have Larry, a name of Ott's past, um, <laughs> or late nineties past. Larry Dr. and Larry. Anna. Named him Larry. Dr. The dermatologist. Larry, Dr. Larry. Clive Owen and. <laughs> Julia Roberts. I couldn't tell if it was this like late '90s, early 2000s thing where they're like, "He's not really a doctor; he's a dermatologist." I was oh, like, that, "Do we think dermatology was like hacked?" That's such back like then? a Friends esque kind of joke. I feel of like ragging on a dermatologist for not being a real <laughs> yes. doctor. I'm like, okay, they do a lot and they make bank. I don't understand why we're co- they went to med school. They, I would, I they, would love to date a dermatologist. That's not even like, that. are you kidding? You'd save, you'd be beautiful and save so much money and get like free Botox. It'd be mm-hmm. great. And they'd look at all your moles. Yeah, you could be like, <laughs> hey, is this mole weird? And they're like, that's a birthmark. You keep showing it to me. That's my relationship with my dermatologist, if you want a window into my life. <laughs> that's my relationship to you, Caroline. Yeah. Did I send you my mole? I think did I, I did. I send you my birthmark? Yes. I definitely did. It hasn't changed my whole life. Lindsay, did you see this on stage? No, it's like a sad that I've never seen it performed. I always look for it. Like, I don't know how you even, you know, it's, I don't even know how to find plays to see sometimes, but I always am like, I'm always looking for a production of Closer to Go See. I don't care who's in it. It could be the worst <laughs> actors. I just want to see how they do it. Like, I want to see how the stage looks or whatever. Like, apparently during the cyber sex scene, it's like they're both at computers and the screen is projected huge and it's like you're watching both of them go back and forth i'd love to see that that makes you know? total god sense. that seems so good but i guess clive was like in the play so he's like the original him okay okay was oh, clive okay. was clive doing stuff before like when is i should clive and jude have very similar like celebrity profiles in my mind minus like the tabloid stuff but was clive like already a profile like an actor or did he get plucked from stage play to do this do we he know? definitely did the stage version but i don't know what his movie career looked like at this time but the essay mm. in the book that talks about it makes it seem like julia was so much more famous than any of them at this point well totally that makes sense yeah yeah well i'm reading now and what clive originated the dan role right the nerd mm. yeah not the simp and he's supposed to be nerdier <laughs> too like jude's kind of hot for this role apparently Jude's a little too hot, unfortunately. He's hot in this. So I saw Closer for the first time last night. Big night for me. Oh my uh, to see God. It was your first time? time? I'd That's never crazy. seen this picture before. I was out of my mind screaming <laughs> in my apartment. I died. I came back. I died. I came back. It was insane. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even realize. <laughs> That's why I texted you. Oh, That's crazy. <laughs> Fran mentioned me a while ago, a point that I now get, which is Jude and Contagion is shades of Jude and Closer, but Jude and Contagion is playing up nerd, like, yeah. basement dweller even more. Well, they give him those teeth in, in They give Contagion. him the teeth. 
Right. Oh, yeah, that's so, so true. true. So good this, to that character. This one, he's supposed to be, like, a nerdy writer or, like, a bookish man, but, like, they don't actually do a good job making him not Jude Law, so he's just no. extraordinarily yeah. attractive. And, like, the scene between him and Julia is, like, electric. Like, it makes no sense that they would smooch like that. Like, that's so weird and random. But, like, that <laughs> scene is hot. Like, they're per- they're gorgeous. <laughs> I can't deal. Tristan and I had a long conversation about whether or not that's a normal way to kiss someone. It's not. <laughs> not my life. <laughs> I said it was more normal than not normal, and he said, that's insane. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was a normal way to be. I mean, the, the like, scene going from them, like, talking to him just being, like, come here, and then they smooch? Like, come on. That was crazy. A little crazy. It's a good way to be. This whole movie, yeah. I think everyone's doing great. I love what they're up to. I don't even know what they're supposed to be up to. I don't know what the message of this is. I think it's like everyone ends up alone. That's the message, which is sad. Also, mm. I can't tell this if this movie is all about the truth or like the truth doesn't matter. I can't I can't tell. Right. Also, I didn't realize um, the line being addicted to truth came from this because one time I read a horoscope and it said sags are addicted to truth. And I'm like, that's so good. That's such a good line. And I like attribute that line to some meme account horoscope I read. And I didn't know it came from closer. I guess the part that's like where he's demanding that she tell him if she fucked Clive Owen at the end, even though he knows that she did. And then he she tells him and she's like, well, now I don't love you anymore because like now like you fucked this up. And he's like, oh, but I still love you. And I just wanted to know the truth. And that's like maybe the epitome of the whole movie <laughs> where it's like needing to know, mm-hmm. but that destroying you, even though all you want to do is know and then it ruins your life. I don't know. That felt like. That was really, that really summed it all up for me, I think. Like, what feels worth it in love is when you are doing something you think is getting you in trouble. And then the second it's not getting you in trouble, you kind of don't want it anymore. Right, which, sad. Yeah, that's the lesson, isn't it? Good thing I'm normal. (laughs) Yeah. Not my problem, ha ha ha. All right. (laughs) This is so, this movie is so good. Yeah, should we run, we should probably, let's go through... Let's do it beat by beat, baby, because... Oh, good. I mean, what's interesting is the movie is... I feel like the movie is like 11 scenes. And they cut a lot, too. Yeah. Like, there are scenes that are in the play between the two women that aren't... That they cut from the movie because I guess they weren't relevant. Wow. Cut the women's lines because they're mm-hmm. not relevant. Mm-hmm. I see. I prefer <laughs> all of the scenes in the film with characters of the same sex talking to each other, I feel. Mm. Maybe I just love that Jude. I just love that Jude Clive Owen scene. Anyway, yeah, run through it. Run through it. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Well, it has a ludicrous beginning. <laughs> An obscene beginning. Ridiculous. Yeah. Just ridiculous beginning. Oh my God. The slow mo walk. Of Dan and Alice both walking in towards each other down the street. Um, and the classic thing of being so keyed in on another person that you're course struck by a moving vehicle well, mm-hmm. don't forget while you know the iconic song plays which i think is the most dated thing about this movie is that song and if like that and that's i don't know oh, that song god. no that song was Wait. was big <laughs> oh yeah. my god I just i just thought of something in my head i was like was this a cover i'm like no this is it no that's the think, song <laughs> did she get did she get hit by a car because she was um taken by jude or did she get hit by a car because she's american in London. I mean, they make the joke Both? about 
Yeah, it's both, I think. They make the joke well, like, you also, gotta make sure you okay. look to the right. You guys knew that? You guys you guys knew that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think also the the reason why she gets hit by a car in the beginning is because in the play, she dies by a car at the oh. end. <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> she <laughs> dies. They kill her. <laughs> So I think that they took the end where she gets hit by a car and put it in the beginning. Does she die by a car in Times Square? She gets hit. I don't know if it's in Times Square, but at the end of the play, they're like, they all meet up at her memorial. And he's like, she died. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And like. Cowards. And then they're like, and we never were closer than we are. (laughs) Right. And like. Julia says to Clive, like, how's your new young girlfriend? And he's like, she's fine. And he's like, how's your dog? And she's like, it's he's fine. And he's like, don't waste your love on the dog. And then (laughs) I swear to God, this is like kind of (laughs) what happens. And then they're like, oh, Dan, sorry about like Alice or whatever her real name is. And she died from a car accident. So I think that's why they did that. You know, that's the ending. Mm, That's not the ending. Yes. Yeah, Fran, what do you interpret about that ending? Maybe there's a message there. It sort of feels like the same ending as Broadcast News, which is an ending I also had to grow to love, where they're like, hmm, well, we're just doing kind of different yeah. stuff now. <laughs> it's, it's very like the, where they put the title, the text, and they're like, F- five years later, mm. Fran got her doctorate or whatever. And it's like, that's the version of this, <laughs> but not depressing. That's so funny. Right. Yes. Don't waste all your love on that doctorate. Yeah, truly. Okay. So Natalie Portman is hit by a car. Jude Law sort of rescues her, gets her off the sidewalk, takes her to the hospital. You know, it's a classic struck by moving vehicle meet cute. She immediately begins kind of like a Garden State Manic Pixie Dream Girl-esque. I was just going to say that. It's very much of, that scene where they're sitting yeah. in the hospital side by side. I was with struck the by that. And those are like, yeah. yeah. And those, and it's like, this. it's just the year after. I'm like. I'm fully appreciating now, by the way, just how weird it was for Natalie Portman to just yes. grow up on screen, have people just like objectify her. I, like, I, I vote you always hear it and you get it, but just looking at this, I'm like, oh, like this is a weird culmination for someone to see her like play a stripper at age 24. Well, also, like, That's insane. imagine somebody like seeing Garden State and being like, <laughs> Natalie Portman, and then going to watch Closer as like a, like, I gotta see more of this hot chick, and then seeing Closer, like, I feel like it's not a great... I understand why she was tormented by these roles that she picked because I feel like she probably got the weirdest attention from this shit, you know? Yeah, a thousand percent. I kind of thought about that the whole weird time. What sets her on the path that she's... Like, V for Vendetta? Does that sort of reset her? Great question. What does she do between this and Black Swan? Because she would never do something like this now. But, like, now. Star Wars also, like, didn't help this case either, I would say. <laughs> no. There is a scene in Star Wars, because I rewatched all the prequels, oh God. where she's, like, brushing her hair. And I just, like, I don't, I think this, I don't know, just, like, the way she was treated and cast by, like, male directors is just, like, this object of lust that, or an affection that is not rooted in any semblance of womanhood at all. There's, she's talking to Hayden Christensen. And she's mm. like brushing yeah. her hair the whole scene, but it's like immaculate curls. And she's like patting 
a soft brush on it and that's like her action for the scene is brushing her hair that and I'm just like this poor actor just given absolutely fucking nothing at this stage right. in her career. Totally. I mean in this she's very in manic pixie dream girl mode. This is like the early aughts late 90s template of this. She's not like other girls. She's a stripper. She has colored hair. You know, but she's clever. Yeah, she has crazy hair. She has an awesome coat. Mm -hmm. I want to have that on the record. She strips, but she's cool. Like, that's like a whole thing where they're like, she's like a stripper, but it like doesn't fuck her up or something. You know what I mean? Like, she's a powerful stripper. Right. She's owning it. She has a life. She has an apartment and a boyfriend. Not saying you can't be. But you know what I mean? In this movie, they're very much, like, letting you know that. Right. Definitely. In the play, does it feel like Dan and Alice are more of an odd couple? Because you mentioned that he's, like, geekier, but, like, they don't feel aggressively mismatched in the film. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, no, they they definitely feel matched because she's mysterious and he's... And he writes mm-hmm. about her, and that's, like, their connection. And the whole thing in the movie where it's, like, how does it feel that, like, he wrote your life? He stole your life. And she's, like, is it my life? Is it not my life? Like, what is my life? You know, that's kind of part of it. Classic mm-hmm. line in this movie. Classic kind of exchange <laughs> in this movie. Oh, my God. I love to sum up these beautiful lines, these go- this gorgeous writing, and I'm just summarizing it like trash. No, I think you're doing it. I think you got it. I think that is actually the scene. Jude felt so slimy in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little skeezy. Yeah, he was like the most slimiest I've seen him so far. I really can barely watch him in this. I don't yeah. think he's bad. I just, I just hate that character so much. Mm-hmm. I find him so sniveling and pathetic. It does seem interesting, though, knowing now that this is a play that he has to go up to Julia Roberts and be like, I want you, blah, 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 because plays can't have those glancing looks and that build that a movie can have. So it feels weird. Mm-hmm. It feels so weird for him to be so straightforward. Um that you, I immediately hated him. Well, just that time jump is so odd because yeah. he's so kind of gawkish with Alice when we meet him. And, you know, we have the classic, like, taking the glasses off of a yep. conventionally hot person to reveal that they are, in fact, conventionally That's hot. Right, baby. And we go right from that Dan and Alice meet cute into the Dan and Anna meet cute, I guess. And suddenly he's just being sort of a smarmy asshole. Mm-hmm. gets GF one time. Right. I was confused also, too, like, you're supposed to... Clive is not the husband that she refers to when she's, like, my ex-husband who's, like, too British. Yes. Like, that's a different husband, but she's single in the scene because, like, I think you're maybe supposed to think, like, they're already the two... These two couples are together and then they're going to, like, swap or whatever, but... That's what I thought going in. Like, that was my conception of this movie. So I'm like, oh, we're going to, like, jump back into time and meet Clive. I'm like, nope, Clive's a new guy coming up. Exactly. And, like, his smoothness, though, of, like, actually picking her up. Well, we're not at that part yet, but at the aquarium, I thought was very well done and well written too because it's like gross but then it works he's so good in this and i always like clive but i think this is the best clive performance i love clive i've seen i saw here's me bragging i saw clive do m butterfly on broadway and that was a beautiful perfect role directed by julie taymore and i'm like that that simp yeah man ruining himself over relationship that he's just willing to exist but he's good at that he's good at like floundering 
Yeah, and he's good at being a hot person you want to root for. Yes. He's, like, hot but pathetic, but he doesn't lose his hotness in it. He's good. Right. Like, I feel like it says a lot about – it would be a personality test quiz to see who you root for in this movie because it would say a lot about you, like, who you identify with. And I – I don't think it's an obvious answer for any. I think no. people would have many different answers. I think I do root for Clive. I guess I root for Clive and Natalie. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like J- Julia makes some weird decisions and Jude is kind of smarmy and gross. I like rooting for Julia just in the sake of drama because she's just, you know, left and right, just like breaking shit. But at the end of the day, I'm rooting for Clive. Yeah. Well, the th- the Clive and the Julia, or the Clive and the Natalie characters kind of know what they want. They're pretty one track. And it's these two other freaks, <laughs> dare I say air signs? We don't know. Um, being like, I don't know what I want. Um, that disrupt and give the, give the film and the play, I imagine, like all its momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's true. Like Clive is not likable, really. And Julia kind of, they're the ones that kind of go back and forth. Natalie wants Jude the whole time. And then Clive wants Julia the whole time. And the only reason that they fuck with each other is to fuck over the people they want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all revenge. Yeah, Yeah, I was towards the very last scene, that bed scene in the hotel, I was like, oh, Natalie's the only one like hasn't done anything wrong, quote unquote, in in the eyes of the audience. I don't know. Larry, I was like, man, he went to New York and he banged that girl and that. But he was being truthful. So I'm like, everyone sucks here. If this was a, am I the asshole? I'm like, everyone sucks. Right. But then Natalie Portman, I think like she is the least asshole. Cause she was just like, this is what I want. I don't. I left New York. I'm gonna do my life. I'm leaving you because you're a shithead, Jude. Right. So I was. I was like rooting for her. I simp the net. <laughs> Guys love her. Right. But she's the, she's the liar. So if truth is the most important thing, then she's the least truthful. Or maybe she's the most truthful, after all. Was her whole <laughs> Was her whole life a lie? Like, did, did she lie to Jude about her whole life? She lied about her and name. His... Well, she's definitely a stripper. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she lied about a lot more because I think there's also the thing where they're, where she's quizzing him about when they first met. It's like, what color was? Oh, the that bench? made that stressed that stressed <laughs> me did... out so much. That stressed me out like, so much because I'm like, I, I can't think of any of my friends <laughs> I could do this for. I'm like, oh no, I'd get them all wrong. <laughs> right, but it's like, oh, our narrative, our tale, like how we met. It started right there and did not start before that. Like there is nothing before that. It's just like <laughs> the story of how we met is the story of our lives. And I was just, and I feel like that is a lot to do with kind of the lying and what mm-hmm. actually was her life before that and what her real name is and all that stuff. Right. We have to talk about the cyber sex. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an early scene in this movie where Jude Law and Clive Owen have anonymous chat room sex. Jude is pretending to be a woman named Anna. Clive is just being himself, Dr. Larry. <laughs> I love it. Is it, this... is it appropriate to read the... Oh. Transcript. Wow, I would love to <laughs> pull it oh, up. Sure, yeah. I would love Here. to open the book of Closer as seen on TV. To. Well, also there are lines in it that don't make the movie, which are funny. Well, the the best line. So the best line of this. Let's let's agree, and this is in the movie is where he says, "Tell me your sex fantasy," and then Larry says, 
Hotel room, they tie me up, tease me, won't let me come, they fight over me, six tongues on my cock, balls, perineum, etc. <laughs> when etc. gets typed out, kills me every time. I mean, him accidentally typing that his dick is nine pounds instead of nine inches is so fucking funny. That's in here, too. It's so funny. This is the funniest thing ever. Does the coming have all the punctuation in it? Yes. Or is it just oh, ho, 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 It has the oh, ho, 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 then a ooh, and then the smash, the keyboard smash. <laughs> I mean, the, the oh, ho, 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 ho always gets me because that's what I text my mom when she sends me a pic of the dogs misbehaving. And I go, oh, ho, 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 and I'm always like, oh, God. There is a nice part where after they sign off, Dan sends Larry um, a rose, like one of those like emoticon roses with an at symbol in the middle as the rose. He says, I send you a rose, my love. And Larry writes, question mark. And then Dan just sends a rose. (laughs) Which is very funny. I mean, honestly, this is just, how do you get away with this? It's perfect. It's perfect. I also love um, when Larry goes, was it good? And June types, no. (laughs) (laughs) There's another one also that I can't remember that's like, Something like, wear my wet knickers and then just types, okay. (laughs) (laughs) The okay, really. Well, he's saying all this stuff and Larry's like, I'm there. Be my guest. Okay. (laughs) It has the kind of enduring online speak of someone typing something insane and then just sending a normal response, which I feel like is Mm -hmm. the tenor of how people text. Yeah. Yeah. There's a line in here that doesn't make the movie that's interesting. Wait, so he says... Uh, meet me yes now I can't I'm a doctor must do rounds and then Dan writes don't be a pussy life without risk is death desire like the world is am accident that's how it's written out the best sex am am accident accident. the best sex is a non we live as we dream alone I'll make you come like a train Oh, no. That did not make the movie. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Oh my god! I guess that's is, a poem. My I question mean, should... about this is: Is Jude doing this um, for writing research? Is he getting? He doesn't seem to really be getting off on it. Why? Why is he doing this? I think he's just a little shit kicker. He's just like fucking people shit up, and then it's like he can also mess with it. I think. I the think Anna that thing too. isn't even intentional. I think it's just kind of like, oh, what's bouncing around my head today? Oh, Anna, who I want to fuck, goes to the aquarium. Yeah, go to the aquarium, see what's up. I think he's just, he just likes, you know, like a little demon just fucking up people's lives a little bit with no consequence on his end. Definitely as a writer, he's like interested in like maybe writing sex scenes or like practice or mm. research or whatever. That makes sense. It is funny because it's early internet and then they have that conversation where Julia's like, the internet, it's crazy, right? It's amazing. <laughs> I was like, agree. It I know. the world. Everyone's being like, wow, the net. They're just like extolling the virtues of the internet, which they keep calling the net. I'm like, that didn't last, but... <laughs> I feel like that scene, there's some scene early on, it might be the one where they're like, the net, isn't it great? And they're outside, and he's like, here, let me let me buy you a balloon. And he goes yes. and buys her a balloon. I'm like, when have you ever seen a balloon seller? When have you At ever seen, like, aquarium. a balloon salesman? 
Stop that. That's not, you're just saying that now. You have not seen a balloon seller at the aquarium. It's like a Where's Waldo pastiche. That's insane. Uh, all of which is to say is that Jude unintentionally then sets up Clive and Julia by having the cyber sex. Yes, exactly. Right. He sends he sends horny Clive to the aquarium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he just approaches her, seeing wo- gorgeous woman sitting alone, right. calls her Anna, thinking with the pretext that this is the woman from the chat room. It's not, but it, they somehow turn it around and make it a meet cute. Insane, fully insane. Wait. It's also, we don't, I don't want to belabor this, but what rounds do you have to do as a dermatologist anyway? Oh, that's a good point. He is a dermatologist. Great question. Yeah, he's not like, he's not like in the hospital. Maybe he is. Because then at the end, she's like, he's gone into private practice. (laughs) He does have his office at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's like a burn ward. I don't know. Anyway. Julia's not a blonde, but, like, the way that Jude describes him, herself is blonde or whatever. And so the only way that they would – he would know is her is her – is saying Anna. And she responds, like, yes, I am Anna. And also it's weird because Jude's book is called The Aquarium. Anna likes to go to the aquarium to photograph strangers. Somehow that's connected, even though Jude wrote the book before he met Anna. So it's not like he wrote the book called The Aquarium because of her. Right. And Mm -hmm. so when he tells Clive to go to the aquarium, it's like these are all the facts that are just in his brain. Like, oh, Anna, 1 p.m. at the aquarium. Weird. Yeah. It's like this insane suspension of belief to watch this movie, which I do think works because I had such a good time. Like, at no point was I annoyed by it. I was like, look, if you're going to, like, do this to me, at least there's a payoff, which is this is bonkers and everyone Mm -hmm. is really good in it. But is it realistic? I don't know about that. I think it sets up people in situations where they can explore the human condition and relationships with these crazy hyper-realistic circumstances. I think at the point where you're getting your author photo taken, you can't rename your book. But that could just be speculative. <laughs> <laughs> just had to put that out there. That's true. Because didn't he, he did say that he didn't like the title, right? Right. Or well, that it maybe didn't sell well because of the title. But he writes another book that does. I'm getting it. The books are not important, but they're not. No, I think he just writes one books in tanks. One book is about her. That's the book that they're all talking about where he takes her life and writes about it, which is also funny because Julia takes her photo and sells it. So they're all like kind of stealing her fake ass life and her face. Right. Which I guess is kind of plays into the end where it gives her a little bit of her agency back when you realize she's been lying about her name and maybe it opens the door to other parts of her life that she's been misleading about so oh she's not just you know victim right she's she's been bad too this whole time totally is there anything with that scene with larry and um alice where she's stripping for him and he's like just tell me the truth there's a lot to that scene there's a lot to that scene oh boy that one's that's a wild that's a wild scene i remember watching that scene on youtube in high school divorced from the movie i believe that it was standalone piece I feel like that scene sold the movie to, like, quote-unquote, the general public in a weird, gross way, and then they had to watch the rest of this play movie, you know? They, like, showed up for, like, yes. that, and they were like, well, I guess I'm sitting through the rest of this thing. I couldn't believe she wasn't wearing the wig in more of the movie. I was yeah. like, oh, finally, it's Natalie Portman in the closer wig, <laughs> you know? I think when I yeah. used to know nothing about the movie, I thought maybe that was the tamest scene in the movie, but it's actually, like, the least tame scene in that movie. 
Yeah. And I do like that they go over the rules of the strip club. I love that. I love to learn about mm. the, uh, you know, people's jobs and what they're doing and what is allowed, what's <laughs> not allowed. Just just love that. <laughs> love that so much. And they're both so good in it, too. That Like, the thank you. When he's like, do you have to say thank you? And she's like, no, I'm polite. Such a good line. So funny. Mm-hmm. Like... Love They're it. both so good in that scene. I mean, yeah. I I wish the movie in general was funnier. Just because Mike Nichols has such an ear and an eye for how to make a movie funny. Right. I, I kind of think this movie is so amazing in that they don't go for any humor at all. Like, everyone is playing it so straight, and some of these lines are just so ludicrous. It would almost be weird to me if they hinted at having a sense of humor mm. anywhere else. Because then it would be like... Well, you have, if you can understand that's ridiculous, how do you not understand that was ridiculous? It is a crazy choice to be like straight and narrow. The movie with the fucking chat room scene and all this crazy stuff. We're just playing this straight. Right. And half of the funniest lines are because they're said so fucking dry, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just without any sense of self-awareness or humor. None. <laughs> I was trying to think I'm like what is the funniest like homage or tribute of Closer because I'm like it's not just a stage read because I mean yes I get it's a play but I'm like movie Closer and all of the cultural cachet around it and the celebrities it's like is it like a shot for shot remake I feel like you lose a little bit of it with the the state like just a stage read of people because then you're just doing the play I'm like what's the best tribute to 2004's closer because there's something going on here I mean there's definitely a very funny very well cast but cast strange on purpose reading of the movie that could happen like a celebrity charity reading of closer with like the most insane maybe like gender gender flipped in some way just the weirdest cast (laughs) that would be to me ideal because you want to hear these lines almost said by funny people because they are funny and maybe it wouldn't ruin it, but it would just be like we'd all we'd all be realizing the campiness of some of this all together. I think that yes. would be fun. Yes. Gender swapped, modern, <laughs> Zoom retelling. Right? Noah Centineo yes. is reading for Natalie <laughs> no! Portman. No! <laughs> no, you ruined it. <laughs> okay, you're the Dan of the group, so that's messed up. I mean, I just feel like, yeah, it, it definitely is something that hasn't, this hasn't been done yet, and it's it's begging for it. It's begging for this modern camp, because it is camp, you know, at this point. Yeah, yeah. Let's just yeah. say it. It's we have so, the distance from it, yeah. It's so dramatic. It's so cheesy. Well, this was sort of my Swanberg thing, where it's like, if you transpose this onto, like, kind of a more contemporary setting, I think maybe I would really vibe with it, and it's because I feel so alienated by, like, the world that it exists in. Where I'm it it's like everyone has these like movie jobs of like or you know, play jobs of like I'm yeah, a dermatologist, writer, writer photographer, photographer, stripper. Yeah. Right. And just like, you know, I want them to be like social media manager, uh consultants, <laughs> flight attendants and freelance or, podcaster. The <laughs> backbone of this country kind of jobs. Yeah. But I for do sure. think that the movie that you're referring to, Drinking Buddies, is a really I mean, that's a movie that someone could easily write after watching this and saying, I could do this but different. You know, like it is very you're dealing with a lot of the same issues, you know? Yeah, infidelity and work and... Like, I don't like Swanberg stuff, yeah. But I love this. It's so much more fun. Yeah, that one is so quiet. Closer gets my 
my two and a half on Letterboxd, which I don't use to say a movie is bad. I wow. use when I think it defies the good bad binary. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and two it and exists a half. <laughs> on a different plane. Two and a half for one of Jude's finest roles? Are you kidding? I'm giving this a four at least. You're giving it a four? I just think it doesn't exist on like a good movie, bad movie binary. I don't know what it is. I can't figure out what it's about. I mean, it's not really a movie, maybe is the issue we're saying here. It gave me something, but I don't know what it was. But I have it here with me now. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I love when Jude thanks Clive for being kind and he just goes, I am kind. (laughs) It's maybe my favorite line reading. I'm so glad they. They have a great, that scene is the be, probably the best scene in the. You know what? When, when Clive says that, I believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. For a second, I was like, yes, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I believed him for a moment. That was the best when he's walking around. He's like, wait, hold on one second. I also fucked her. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> this whole thing, I think I was texting Fran and Caroline being like, this whole thing is making me anxious. I can't deal with it. I love it. Like, the whole plot. I'm like, this is a fucking nightmare. It is. It really it is, is a nightmare plot. It is also it really just like, like I'm gonna tell you that I cheated on you because that's what people in love do. I'm like, absolutely not. God, even just, like at the end, the most devastating shot is Julia's face in bed with him, where you know it's over. Like they are not gonna stay together. This couple is doomed. Like no one is ending up with anyone else yeah. in this movie. It is very clear, and that was just such a good way to put it. Versus the play which just makes them all separate and one dies the movie's like i'm gonna like leave you devastated by the fact that you know that this is gonna blow up again in a new way mm-hmm. love that <laughs> yeah and i love that natalie gets to have long hair and like strut her shit back in new york wait i have a question about that scene do you think so you know she's walking and she's like really hot and guys keep turning around to look at her do you think they shot that and those people are saying, oh, is that Natalie Portman? Or they shot that and those guys were supposed to be react, like they were actor. Like, I just, I'm, every time I watch it, I'm like, wait, are they just shooting Natalie Portman? And people are like, is that Natalie Portman? Or is that girl so beautiful? I absolutely. 100% was thinking the same I thing. I was like, this. either they're like, let's just have her walk down the street and see what happens. <laughs> or they're like, okay, and go for one and go That's two, what I'm go wondering. look for two. <laughs> I think it's actors just because it's only three people perfectly like through her path that like turn and look at her. Also, if it were really her, you'd get like a Scarlett Johansson under the skin scenario where she's walking through Glasgow and like collapses in the street and only one person helps her up. Do you remember that scene? I don't remember that one, but I do love that movie. I love that movie a lot. But um, yeah, they like actually filmed just Scarlett Johansson like walking around Scott, like a busy commercial street in Glasgow and like falling over and seeing who would like help her up because she was, you know, alien and whatnot. No, I think the turn, the head turns are too well timed for it to be real folks. I was just like, wow, is this, is this live? Like what's going on here? <laughs> I just loved it. I just loved it. Like, is they, are they shooting her from really far away? And it's like kind of in the middle of a big, cr- I just, that. The fact that it made us believe that could be the case is amazing, actually. You know what else I noticed is, like, she was walking down the street, and she didn't have a bag, she didn't have a purse, she didn't have anything. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Mm-hmm. That's just, like, a weird thing I noticed. <laughs> yeah. Because it, like, went to credits, and I was like, wouldn't she be carrying no. something? Well, she can put her, her keys in her in? wallet in her back pocket, and you don't have a phone, maybe. 
This is before people had now jeans to carry We only around. learned about having to hydrate like five years ago. Yeah. Really? Everyone was just really dry yeah. until like 2015. This is pre-hydration mm-hmm. yeah. 2004. Yeah. Although the smooth, the smooth face uh, poster. The poster's really reminding you who's in this movie and why you should see it. Because literally there's <laughs> no one else. And that's why you should see it. <laughs> that's the only reason I should see Good it. Good poster. I mean, I feel like we always get into like, they don't make them like they used to. But like. They don't make movies where you're just like, here's the four people. That's, you like these four people. Come see it. <laughs> yeah. There were re- right. I was reading something how it was like the playwright was like shocked that, uh, what's his face? Sorry, the director. Mike Nichols? Yes. They, he was like shocked that Mike didn't want to bring in other people to make it feel more like a movie. He was like, Mike really wanted to like make it feel like a play, even though that's not really what a good movie is. It's a, what a good play is. And he was just shocked that Mike was just very like intent on having literally no one else aside from like a crowd at the art gallery. You know, no one else got to really talk. There was no other characters. Yeah. Right. Which is a dead right, giveaway really to isn't. not real life. You know, I would love to see him in a play. I think does he do them? He does them sometimes. Hamlet. He did. He right. did Hamlet. Right. I would Classic love to move. See that. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. He would do Hamlet. I mean, look. If you can pick your role, all these guys want to do Hamlet. I get it. They all want to do. He did it like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, whatever it was. So he was allowed to like pick his roles, and he's like, I want to do Hamlet. It's like okay. <sighs> yeah. That's fair. I That's mean, fair. the nest felt. Very play adjacent. I wonder if he'll come back and do some theater or something. Definitely. And Carrie Coon, of course, also oh, like theatery, you know. Theater legend. Yeah, so legend. It would make sense for them to do to talk about theater and possibly make plans to do theater, like while filming that. Do you think there'll be a resurgence of uh, uh, film actors getting back on stage uh, because COVID is is quote over? Yes. And just like mm-hmm. feeling the energy of people. Definitely. And I definitely think that theaters are going to reach out to all the A-list people who like them and say, hey, want to come do Hamlet? Please come do Hamlet. Because they're going to need to fill fill those theaters, baby. They're going to bring out all the hits. James McAvoy has to come back to BAM and do the production of whatever we were going to see that got canceled. Fran and I had tickets. Oh, my God. His rap... The rapping Cyrano de Bergerac. We were going to see Whoa. James McAvoy as a oh disgusting de Bergerac, and we didn't get to do it. <gasps> that's cruel. Oh, that's so good. We spent a lot of money on those tickets. I, I mean, we got our money back, but it just was like we were like mm. all in for that fucking show. I saw Michael Michael Sheen do Hamlet. Ooh. Friend, did you did you see What's-Her-Face, Rose, and her husband? Mm-hmm. You, you saw that play. Mm-hmm. Oh, I the Medea. You saw the Medea play. I saw play. Rose and Bobby. Rose and Bobby do, Rose and Bobby. do that play. Oy, oy, oy. Rose and Bobby do a play. Not a good play. Terrible play. I saw Pedro Pascal do King Lear. God Ooh. damn it. Did you really? I did. He was, the, he was like the best part of it. He was very fun. Fuck. I love him. That's great. Good for him. It's good to see like plays that are normally boring that you wouldn't get tickets for, that you get tickets for just mm-hmm. to see the one person, the like A-list star. That's like a cool, yeah. that's a cool thing. Cause then you wouldn't normally get to see those plays cause you wouldn't give a shit, you know? And the play's probably bad anyways, but with like the star, it's great. It's like, well now I'm at the theater. Now I know about a play because I wanted to see, you know. <laughs> right. Like, now I've seen The Merchant of Venice. Chris yeah. Pine, dude, Titus Andronicus or whatever. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. I, would, I don't know anything that happens to that play. You know what my, my closer is hmm. that I would kill to see is, is God of Carnage. I love that play. That's my oh. four-person play. Oh. 
Is God of Carnage the one where the parents are fighting over yes. their kids? Yes. The cast is great right, they in have that, like too. like, a playground thing. One of the kids knocks out the other kid's tooth, and so the parents sit down because they're like, our children are not civilized, but we are civilized, and it just totally Whoa. devolves from there. Right. Wait, didn't Play- they make that also into that broadcast uh, show that got canceled called The Slap? Do you remember The Slap? Wait. Oh, Wait, I'm sorry. The slap was different. not based on God of Card. That's crazy. <laughs> what? Wait, wasn't it? The that? slap was based on an Australian Called the version slap. of the slap. <laughs> I love the slap. I mean, isn't that God? Isn't that God of Carnage? Like you're describing to me, I think, right? Well, what's the slap then? The slap, I think, was a play though. A different. Oh, slap. the slap is a parent slaps a child. Not two children. An adult hits a kid. Oh my god, yeah. Zachary Quinto smacks a kid. It's like an insane... What'd the kid do? It is so campy. <laughs> I saw him. It's... I saw him in the East Village one. Nice. Did Slap he hit, a kid? Did he hit a child? <laughs> yeah. No, just walking. On his way to slap a kid. Yeah. It's so good because the Slap Australia was like respected and then the Slap US was like just pure camp garbage. <laughs> and I just love that we could not, we just can't do it. We couldn't do it. We could not pull it off and we tried. We can't do drama. We could never do closer. That's why it's set in London town. <laughs> we can't. God, I wonder how, like, if I heard there was, like, a closer production going on, like, how far I would go to go see it. Like, would I fly? Maybe? I don't know. It would just be amazing. I mean, where would they stage it besides here or London? And I feel like... Right. Why not fly to London? Why not? But what if it was a high school production or something? That would be... (laughs) (laughs) What if I, like, drove somewhere, like, to Chicago or something to see a high school production of Closer? Closer. Like, in... Like Interlochen does closer. <laughs> you should do that. Someone should rewrite closer as closer and just see where it takes them, you know? <laughs> I just can't believe we didn't have like a, you know, Zoomer generations Zoom reading of it. Especially just because it it's it is sticky in some weird ways and it's campy. It is weird that like drag queens haven't done closer. Like what like what are we missing? Right. <laughs> Right. Where, yeah. <laughs> what's going on, you know? It's such a rich text. Like it tastes like yours but sweeter is literally the you know It's yelled. That's with us forever now. <laughs> there there are so many moments where I could just feel the writer pulling back and going like oh, <laughs> unleash this line upon this this page. You know, like I yes. could just literally feel someone cracking their knuckles getting ready to go. You're like here comes that line. Patrick Marber, the the playwright and screenwriter or whatever. He, he did it all. Has he written anything else? I have no idea. Other plays, probably. I don't know. What else? Oh, oh, you know what he wrote I've never Uh-oh. seen, but I've been dying to see. Uh-oh. Every year I think this is the year I'm going to watch it. I oh, never no. watch it. He wrote Notes on a Scandal. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my That's God. That's good. That's a good one. No, I know. People love it. He also wrote Asylum, which I'm not familiar with. Okay, notes on a scandal. This guy has a... He's two for three. That's good. Is Asylum the miss if he's two for three? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I mean, yeah, (laughs) we just don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, you can't win them all, you know? Yeah, right. That's cool. Yeah, notes on a scandal. I gotta see notes on a scandal. Hmm? People love that movie. Notes on a scandal? Yeah, people really do like that. It seems to exist, like, out on its own, you know? It's not, like, a natural thing. It's like, oh, I'm watching this, this, this. Oh, next thing would be notes on a scandal. It kind of, like, is its own piece. Yeah, I'll never know how to slot it in. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
Wait, I want to correct myself. Uh, I did say mm-hmm. that in the play, she was not hit by a car in the beginning. She was slightly <laughs> injured by a taxi and then killed in a car accident at the end. So oh. two, two times, two times she gets killed. The real villain of this play, Which is cars. so <laughs> insane. Sorry, just crazy. Is she where? Okay, just to satisfy my curiosity. Yeah. Where is she killed by a car? In New York. Oh my God. Be careful there, guys. London. New York. She goes back to New York and Dan has to go. And she doesn't know which way to look. Dan has to go identify her body, which is how he finds her again. Because, like, again, he doesn't know her real name, which is Jane Jones. Oh, it is Jane. (laughs) That's funny. So Larry goes back to work as Dan enters. Dan tells Anna that Alice's real name was Jane Jones and also mentions that Ruth, his ex-girlfriend, has married and started a family. I don't even know who Ruth is. Dan leaves to catch a flight to New York to identify Alice's body. Yikes. Sad. Yeah. Big yikes. Big yikes. Big yikes. What else? What else is there to say? (laughs) Matrix. The Matrix. Sandra, you want to put him on the Matrix? Oh, yeah. Sandy, you do it. Oh man, hole in one, baby. Straight British. There it is. <laughs> but but was there not sexual tension between Larry and Dan? Definitely. That would huge have been sexual. Fun. Of course. That would have been amazing mm-hmm. if he walked into the dermatological office. Mm-hmm. He pulled that piece of paper across the little examination table, and then they just have the one sex scene of the I whole mean, movie, which was very tasteful. Another argument for this to be redone in a campy way, it could be 10 times more gay. The exact same text could be so much gayer, and they do not play it as such, and it could be yeah. so much more no. fun. Like, you know that part <sighs> where Clive go, he's, he's um, Alice and Larry are looking at Alice's portrait, and he just, like, kind of almost touches her? Yeah. Like, what if Larry did that to Dan? Yes. That would rock. That would, uh, He's like, you have yes. something interesting on your cheek. It looks like a mole. And then it gets really close. Like, what if the picture... And then he pulls back and everyone's yes. like, oh my. The picture that they're looking my at are wet. is the portrait of Dan, not of Natalie Portman, who's Alice. <gasps> and so they have the whole scene, but it's they're talking about Dan's portrait, which she also took. Like, that... Come on, just that Good. one change would shake things up. Get get Patrick on the phone. We got to rewrite. Fran, this you would thing. give it three stars if that they happened. Sh- you know that you'd bump it up. Yeah, absolutely. I would give it three and a half. Three, you'd bump I it up. honestly liked it a lot more the second time around, but because I really feel like it is like unquantifiable, it has to stay at two and a half. I get what you're saying. That is it a like is it a movie? Is the is a fair question. Like, what are the like, merits we're judging really? this on? You know, when you right. watch this. Whether or not... How in on the joke is this movie? Whether or not Fisher is good or bad doesn't really matter to me at all. Well, it's like, is it good or bad is totally. a question you could ask, but is it a good or bad movie really takes things out of... I can't answer that because it's not really a movie. <laughs> right. What What is the rubric upon which we judge this <laughs> it's film? Impossible. It's impossible. But that's why it's like such a good Jude piece because him his role in this... His part in this can be singular, can be on its own. And he does a great job as that, you know? Yes. Yes. Full on good for a good for yes, Jude totally. movie, a thousand percent. I feel like we really didn't even cover the whole plot, but it doesn't matter. They're just all mad at each other. It goes around and around and around, et cetera, et cetera. Every single scene is someone fighting with the other person. It brings this deranged ferocity, the whole thing. It's a play baby. It's everything. It's great. I'm a huge fan of this movie. I'm so glad. 
this is one of my favorite Jude movies we've watched. Wow. wow. This is a I love to hear it. I mean, I love to hear this it. This is good. This is a wild time, and that's what I come to the cinema for. It is a wild time. He gives his all. He's so talented. He just really, it makes me, I hope he brings mm-hmm. this energy to Hook. I just can't wait to see what he does <laughs> with that small ponytail. Uh, we all <laughs> can't gonna, wait. I mean, this sexual energy, if he brings it to Hook, we are going to be just so thrilled. The world isn't ready yet for the Jude, Jim Gaffigan, Hooks me combo. <laughs> It's not. Ain't that the truth, Fran? There better be sexual tension or I'm leaving the, the oh room, the theater. <laughs> hey, the, the ocean is a big place, uh, and it's long times between ports. Exactly. You know what I'm saying, Jim? <laughs> we all know Jude looks very good right oh. now. He is looking good. He just had his 12th child, and he looking is Looking great. His wife is a business psychologist. <laughs> Absolutely. We all know what that is. I'm not illegitimizing right. it. She's definitely 30-something. That's fine. I'm fine with her being in her yeah. 30s. That makes sense to me, actually, yeah. Well, he's got a TV show coming soon, too. A what? A TV show? What TV show? He's doing a Taika show. Whoa, that's going to be interesting. That's like an author like punching up a script, but then I think the things in the punch-up start happening or something. Like that Will mm. Ferrell movie? I hope he plays it with I Heart Huckabee's energy, though, which we should do soon on this podcast, because that, I think, is one of the funniest Judes I've ever seen, even though that movie doesn't always hold up. I mean, I was, Jude being funny, Jude, Jude doing some f- comedy, I like that. Those two together will be very funny, Taika Waititi and Jude. The man's funny. He knows how to be funny. It's true. He knows what works for him and being funny. I need to jump back into the David O. Russell verse. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I'm overdue for um, an American Hustle rewatch. Oh, my God. God. Maybe that's what I'll do oh on my no. birthday. Oh, man. <gasps> I forgot to watch Triple Frontier on my birthday. There's always <laughs> next year. I watched it twice last year because it was a hard one for us all. But, yeah, maybe I'll just watch it right now. Wow. It's close enough to my birthday. Lindsay, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for helping us. An honor and a privilege to be the person who shares this maybe movie with you. I really feel like I get it more the longer I talk with you about it. I'm just like... Talking about this movie with you has really (laughs) brought me closer to you. (laughs) You could say that when it comes to this movie, I am the closer. I really know how to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Always be closer. And And now I'm like thinking, it's like, who's going to put on this production of Closer... It's going to be me. It has to be me now. Like, I'm... You should do it. Like, you I am do it. qualified <laughs> to put this you together. You should direct. I feel like you are the authority on Closer, you know? Like, no one's really going to step to you on that. God. You brought the yeah. book to this. Ugh, I'm just... Throw the book at them. It should have been, like, this year with, like, to do some, like, theater benefit. I got to think about it. Maybe they'll still need money that next year. They definitely will. Well, maybe I'll, like, have to reach out to some small Brooklyn theater and be like, here's my plan. Here's my idea. What do you think? They'll take to it. Everyone everyone always needs money. That never goes out of style. So I think it'll work. It'll work. It'll work. Stay tuned. I'm ready. I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Lindsay. You're welcome. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Internet. Thank you, Net, for making downloading this podcast possible. Wow. Thank you, Net. Wow. The Net brought Jude and Clive together and also keeps us together. Rate, like, subscribe in whatever order you choose, but it would mean the world to us. Say goodnight. Good night. Good night.